0: TCK Potters, happy Wednesday. We are getting in a uh, early episode here with Daniel and I today so we can all go ahead and enjoy our Thanksgivings. Make sure you get your keep trade cut questions and start sits into us immediately if you need some help on those Thursday night games. Uh, Thursday games, I guess we got three of them. Wow. Uh, so get those in as soon as possible. If you possibly can make sure to email them us to uh, email to us at the TCK pod at gmail.com or DM us. At the candlestick kids with the hashtag TCKPod. As always, we've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Who's this guy right here? Where you have a man-to-man right here. You see, he gets penetration right there. You know, when you run away from him, he's gonna run you down. He's one of those guys that will get penetration. <laughs> He not only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled. (laughs) That's when you want to medicine back stuff. Get up, action. His hands are so big and strong, In fact they get penetration on both sides. There's two footballs on the field. And then when they wear their powder blue uniform, man, that is it. I mean, how can you lose a guy 6'5 at 305 pounds? When a center goes to block you like that, you can't punch him. Daniel, good afternoon, bud. How are you?
1: Doing well, man. Just uh, loving loving the California rain right now is uh, kind of all I'm focused on, and and getting ready to pound some serious food on Thanksgiving tomorrow.
0: boy. yeah, man. I'm actually in California as well, visiting my folks. As you know, they live up in the uh, in the uh, mountains of Northern California, and it is actually raining here as well, which is very Beautiful. very. Uh, just a great scene for of course i mentioned the curly the other week uh we just seem to talk about the weather every single time we intro this uh podcast which is kind of funny but um the reality is he lives in the desert i live up in the mountains and you live uh in 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 inferno essentially the last you know year and a half which is really sad <laughs> in the bay area so um yeah. just you know blessings to you and your family and i know that uh i know that um it's 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 gonna got to be a, a sight for sore eyes and soul to see some rain down there. So good for you and, and everybody else. So uh, you know, well wishes to uh, to you and your family, of course, for Thanksgiving. Um, let's get through this one quickly, man, and we can go. Uh, we can go enjoy some football and and grub down. Uh, let's start with the early game uh, on Thanksgiving. We have the Bears and the Lions. Of course, the Lions host every Thanksgiving. So uh, we have the Lions and the Bears. Who do you want to take?
1: Uh, I'll go ahead and take the Lions. How about that? Um, Really, in terms of for fantasy purposes, I think the only guy you're really trusting on this team right now is Kenny Galladay, who has been an absolute target hog over his last two games, obviously with Golden Tate departing and Marvin Jones injured and going to be Again, sidelined this week, uh, he should be even against a tough defense like the Bears. Uh, just volume alone is going to make him a t- uh, going to make him a fantasy monster potentially. So uh, he's definitely somebody I'm firing up. Other than that, I'm pretty much avoiding everybody. Matt Stafford hasn't been even remotely effective since week two. Um, some people are talking about LeGarrett Blunt, uh, given that On Johnson is going to be out. Uh, but the bottom line is LeGarrett Blunt is just bad. He has 21 carries for 16 yards. Over his past four games, which is just disgusting. Uh, and of course, we're dealing with the Bears defense here. So I don't consider him an option. Uh, I think a couple deep options, if you're sort of grabbing for gras- grasping at straws, Theo Riddick, um, again, is, is never going to have a high ceiling, but he has been a top 30 scorer in each of his past three games. Uh, he's a solid, uh, solid uh, passing back in PPR leagues. And one uh, just player to keep an eye on on the Lions is Bruce Ellington, who yes. uh, with all of the injuries to the Lions passing game, he's sort of being thrust into tangible targets. Um, he got nine last week and he uh, turned into six catches for 52 yards. So I think he's somebody to keep an eye on um, in deeper leagues. But uh, overall, you know, anybody playing against the Bears is going to have a tough time. And that especially goes for the Lions struggling offense.
0: Fair enough. All right. I'll take the Bears. Looks like Mitchell Trubisky is going to be out for this game. So we'll have Chase Daniel. Um, I, you know, Chase Daniel's been in the league a handful of years, hasn't really done much yet, but hasn't had a lot of opportunities either. Quick question for you Would you consider Chase Daniel at a deep, Uh, streaming position of course there are many many owners right now without Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes as both of them get the rest after the absolute shootout on Monday Night Football they're both on a bye Um, we have a couple of injuries around the league at the uh, quarterback position say you had Mahomes and Alex Smith for example and you're looking you have to have a streaming quarterback maybe Jameis Winston got picked up already would you consider Chase Daniel with all the weapons on Chicago against this uh, pretty horrendous uh, Lions defense, minus of course Darius Slay, but he's just one dude,
1: right? Yeah, no, I would not. I mean, ultimately, I just don't, I don't trust him enough at this point um, uh, to 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 be able to deploy in any fantasy lineup. I think there are better. If you if you need to take a flyer on somebody, there are better streaming candidates available on the waiver wire. I just looking at our waiver wire for our listener league, for example, Andy Dalton against Cleveland is a is a I think a better option. Nick Mullins against the Buccaneers, I think is a much better option. So I think you can do a lot better, quite frankly, than, than Chase Daniel. That's my take.
0: Okay, fair enough. I, I agree with you. I was just curious uh what's going on because this is just the kind of year where I mean every single point matters now, right? I mean, there's teams who are who are, you know, really just trying to hold on here and every point matters and you really need to make that right choice. So could he have a great game against the the lions? Absolutely. Sure. Um, are we going to bank on that? No, not yet. Uh, I don't think Mr. Trubisky is going to Mitch miss, miss a lot of time. Right. Therefore, I don't think it's worth picking up chase. However, if Mitch maybe misses the next couple of games and we see uh, chase, Daniel do something that he could be. All right. Uh, he went to Missouri. Is that right? It's been a while.
1: Yeah. Yes. I believe you actually chase are correct.
0: D- That's impressive. Okay. Okay, but he was uh, – yeah, he was he was a solid in college. But okay, um, enough there. For the rest of the Bears, uh, you know, you have to start Jordan Howard. I know that we're all frustrated about that. He didn't do much against the Lions in a very, very positive game script two weeks ago, although I think he could do it again this game. Uh, and, of course, we'll all be able to watch this game as it'll be uh, early, um, and I, I think we'll have a chance to really see what he's about. But I think you fire up jo- uh, Jordan Howard. you got to play Tariq Cohen, of course. For the receivers, uh, Alan Robinson and T- Taylor Gabriel are starters. And Anthony Miller, man, loving Anthony Miller. Yep. Uh, Trey Burton is the bane of my existence. However, I am firing him <laughs> up as well because the Lions are, are pretty horrendous against the tight end. So I'm going to give him another chance. But uh, I think you, you fire up everybody on the Bears, sit everybody outside of Galladay on the Lions is basically a, a 10-minute version of what we were trying to say, correct?
1: Yeah, I would say that's pretty much true.
0: And I guess my last question is, would you consider playing the bears defense versus the lions?
1: Yeah, I think I might just consider it a tick. Yes, absolutely. By all means, maybe a, maybe options. a
0: streaming option. Maybe sure.
1: just, just perhaps you may want to hang on to them too for future weeks. Just a thought. But uh, uh,
0: n- another question, I guess it should have been my, one of my, maybe a question of the week. Do you think the bears defense will be the highest scoring entity on the bears this week?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Actually.
0: Um, no,
1: I don't, because I think that that even with Chase, you know, Chase Daniel at quarterback, I think that um, pretty much every receiving entity on the, given how bad the Lions' uh, uh, pass defense is, I think every receiving entity has a decent shot to have to have a good game. Uh, I think he could make a case for Co- Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, or even Trey Burton potentially um, having having. you know, a big game. So no, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, but it's actually not a terror. It's not a particular, it's not a absurd notion to think that I think.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Let's move on the second game on Thanksgiving is the Dallas Cowboys facing the, uh, absolutely destroyed Washington Redskins. Um, I'll, I'll take the Redskins as a cop-out because you got to talk about the Lions and how terrible they are. Right. The Redskins have been absolutely ravaged with injuries, so I'm not going to, like, hold this against anybody. It's just unfortunate. Of course, Alex Smith, uh, very, very sad situation with, the, uh, with, you know, with his situation and injury. Um, but, I mean, Adrian Peterson, you play. Uh, Jordan Reed, you play after a nice bounce back game with Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy will be the starter, I guess. Same question back to you, man. Um, Alex Smith is out now. Would you consider Colt McCoy as a streamer versus the Cowboys?
1: Definitely not. Um, I think the Cowboys yeah. offer a superior defense compared to the Lions that we were just talking about. Um, they're going to be a much – and and ultimately uh, the, the Bears have actual receivers <laughs> to catch the balls. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Redskins flat out don't really. So, no, I, I'm not going anywhere near McCoy.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Well, no, no receivers for the uh, Washington Redskins. Um, Capri Bibbs, uh, Chris Thompson's out again, but I'm not excited about Capri Bibbs. Uh, I can understand you could be at a tough position, which I know that you have been the last couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, if you're in a PPR league, you could throw them out there if you need a streamer and, and just hope for the best. But I, uh, I just don't think the Redskins are going to be able to do much in this game. Therefore I would go Adrian Peterson, Jordan Reed, and you can sit the rest. Go ahead and tackle the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I would even I would even question Adrian Peterson. Although I just based on target, just based on on volume, he's of course a solid option. But he's actually been having a rough few games behind Washington's disgusting offensive line. Um, oh, but uh, oh, but nonetheless, oh,
0: but before you get before you get started, sorry to cut you off. I'm actually going to throw out another name. We don't talk a lot about kickers on this uh, show outside of you guys giving me shit for having two kickers in the listener or the league of record, <laughs> which is warranted. But uh, I will say that Dustin Hopkins um is a quality option for the Redskins if you play in kicker leagues and, and most people just stream kickers anyway so he's probably available but the Redskins because of all these injuries have been moving the ball decently up and down the field but they're having a tough time scoring touchdowns and therefore uh you know in the dome with the Cowboys who are kind of a bend but don't break defense I think that uh, Dustin Hopkins could potentially have a solid game as a kicker so I'll just I'll just throw that out there but go yeah. ahead and take on the Cowboys yeah,
1: cool. Uh, Cowboys are, you know, playing well, but again, it's just not a team that has a lot of fantasy relevance, to be honest. I mean, obviously, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's yeah, a beast. will continue to do so this week. Um, Amari Cooper, I think, is playable um, given his target share um, and uh, – and, um, the fact that you know Prescott, at least at times, has looked like a more serviceable passer, but uh, but other than that, I'm not really loving anybody. Prescott was in a prime spot last week and couldn't deliver, kind of reminding us that he's no sure thing to do a ton over here. Um, he is getting more rushing touchdowns, which is nice, but he's still not running as much as I would like to see him run. Uh, and if he doesn't do that, it's hard for him to be a truly. Uh, bankable fantasy commodity. That's kind of my opinion. But uh, he's still got a little bit of upside there. I think if they change their play calling a little bit, but it seems like that's not going to happen anytime in the immediate future. So um, so really I'm only uh, liking Zeke and and Amari. I'm really not going anywhere else uh, on this uh, Cowboys offense. Now
0: enough, their, defense, their
1: defense is certainly streamable against the battered Washington Redskins. I will say that.
0: Yes. And I know that Curly has a, a a differing opinion on that, but I agree with you. I'm actually streaming the uh, Cowboys defense this week. Um, so we will, we will see there, but I, I tend to agree with you that I just think the Redskins don't have any firepower there. And, and Adrian Peterson has certainly been, you know, uh, way beyond expectations, I think for everybody. However, he's a one man show right now. And I just think he's, Over the hill as far as being able to carry a team like he used to in minnesota so i don't think that's going to work out for them let's move on to the uh the game of the day on thursday we have the new orleans saints hosting the atlanta falcons um man i will uh i'll give you the luxury actually both of these teams are are pretty pretty firepower worthy so so why don't you just pick one and i'm happy to take the other this this will be this will be a fantasy bonanza for sure
1: yeah, fantasy bonanza. I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll take I'll take the Falcons, and what I'm going to do is just say the players that you shouldn't play <laughs> based on the yeah. know, players that do have fantasy relevance but I don't think are good options because ultimately, of course, Julio, Matt Ryan, Tevin Coleman, Calvin Ridley, I think all those guys are, are in your lineups if you have them. Uh, Calvin Ridley, the only fringy one because of his boom bust tendencies, but he's still a solid, a very solid flex option who, as a reminder, absolutely destroyed the Saints in week three. Granted, the Saints are improved defense, but uh, but still, nonetheless. I think uh, just a few players on on the Falcons that give me pause. One is Aust- Austin Hooper, who I think people still, I, I, to some extent, have a exaggerated perception of how good he is. He's been a tight end one in just one of his past four games. Uh, he still is getting targets, but the, the, the Saints have been particularly actually difficult against tight ends, which I think is no, uh, notable here. So he's somebody that I'm not overly thrilled about. Mohamed Sanu, um, has, has just not simply done much. He hasn't had double digit points in a game since week six. So I'm avoiding him. And of course the, uh, once again, I'll have to reiterate that Ito Smith, I don't think is playable in most fantasy leagues. He's had single digit touches in three of his past four games. Uh, ultimately, uh, Tevin Coleman is just, uh, is kind of taking over what running game there is. And ultimately Matt Ryan is just throwing a gazillion passes. So, um, so ultimately I think, uh, yeah, you know, I'm avoiding those three guys, but everybody else that's relevant in the Falcons roster, I think you can fire up.
0: Totally agree. And it's being overshadowed, really, because the Falcons have a four and six record versus blowing out the division like they did in 2016. But Matt Ryan actually up to date right now has similar and better numbers than he did in 2016 when he won the MVP so Matt Ryan is not the problem. Their defense has been destroyed with injuries. Right. They are getting healthy. They're playing better. They've dropped a couple silly games that they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have lost early in in the season, which has dug themselves a hole. But the Falcons are a, a, kind of a scary team uh, coming on the stretch. I don't think they're going to get past the Saints this week, no. but they could certainly rattle off a couple or if, if they're not going to make the playoffs themselves there, we always see these teams, man. They don't make the playoffs themselves, but, they start plucking off playoff contenders late in the season, right? Like they could start ending some teams seasons. So I like all those options for the Falcons. I agree for the saints. I mean, what is there to say? Uh, you know, they have the number one kicker. I think that's, that's, you know, enough for you to fire up their entire offense. Um, <laughs> of, of course, uh, of course you're going to fire up, you know, the MVP, Drew Brees, you're going to fire up Kamara and Ingram. You're going to fire up Mike Thomas. The only question mark I have here is Traquan Smith. At time of recording, of course, as I mentioned in the podcast uh, early, we are doing this early because of Thanksgiving and things, um, so we won't have an up to date version of this. So I really encourage you, listeners, to you know listen to what we have to say, but do your own research as well, of course. Um, but Traquan Smith may sit this game because it's a short week for him. If he does, uh, there's there's going to be extra double team on uh, Michael Thomas. Um, now, keep in mind the name Kirkwood, who actually had a really great first quarter for the Saints last week. And uh, for some reason, Drew Brees went away from him and then just turned Traquan Smith loose for a ridiculous 157 yards on 10 catches and a touchdown. Um, but Kirkwood, I think, is a, is a really deep sleeper. If you're a DFS player, Kirkwood is a great play if Trey smith doesn't play um, against his Falcons team. So you're playing everybody. The only question mark, I think, would be Trey smith If he plays, play him. If he doesn't play, look at Kirkwood potentially as a streamer there for the Saints. All right. And do not play either one of these defenses <laughs> if you were considering it. Uh, let's let's move on to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Bucks face the Forty Nineers. Um, this I think this one actually has uh, quietly um, quite a bit of probably not a lot of like actual football excitement, but fantasy excitement for sure. Um, Boomer bust players all over the field yep. and pretty terrible defenses. Yep.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I think there's actually. You could discuss a lot with this game.
0: Um, i I'm, I'll take the the Buccaneers,
1: uh, who I picked to win this game. I think it differs from you a bit, but um, I think with regards to the Bucks, I think uh, I love Jameis Winston as a streamer this week. Now I don't necessarily love him in general as a as a quarterback. Certainly not as a person. Um, but uh, but he, I think, against the the 49ers, uh, 28th ranked passing defense. Uh, I think he's he's a, a amazing streaming candidate this week. Uh, definitely somebody that I would be throwing out. I do think he finishes the game, uh, and I think I would, would not be surprised if he had a, both a lot of volume and a lot of production. Um, so he's definitely somebody I'm firing up. Uh, Mike Evans, of course. Wow, Peyton Barber had a nice game last week. I'm not uh, confident that he's going to repeat it in quite the same way, but nevertheless, he's definitely startable. Uh, Um, OJ Howard done for the year. Cameron Brate has all of a sudden become an interesting option. I think he's somebody you consider firing up. Uh, Howard had a lot of targets. Um, and so it's possible that Cameron could be, uh, Cameron Brate could be aligned, lined up for similar target share. Um, the players that I'm kind of avoiding on, on Tampa's roster right now are Chris Godwin. Uh, he played through injury last week. He only ran 11 pass routes, somehow managed to, to turn that into actually decent production, but, um, I don't like his, you know, how little he's being used. He hasn't found the end zone since week six. He's somebody that scares me a lot. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, uh, I feel the same way about. Ultimately, he's just uh, way worse with Winston in the lineup than he is with Fitzpatrick. Uh, he averages way fewer yards per target in particular. As a matter of fact, about half as many yards per target with Winston in compared to Fitzpatrick. So I think that uh, makes him something of a concerning play this week. Um, and of course, uh, yet another deep league name to watch again, I'll, I'll say it is Adam Humphreys who I've never, <laughs> never liked enough, but he seems to be a favorite of James Winston. So I think he's something if, if, as long as Winston's under center, Humphreys is a name to watch. He has been targeted by him a lot. So, uh, that's another name to to keep in mind here.
0: There you go. Yeah. Covered the box. Well done. Uh, for the Niners, um, Matt Breida I think has had a week to heal up uh, his you know 37 lower body injuries so hopefully he's somewhat healthy enough against this uh, terrible Bucks defense um, I actually like Nick Mullins uh, a whole bunch actually as a, a streaming possibility here um, George Kittle absolutely surefire starter uh, the rest you know Alfred Morris should not be on your team Marquise Goodwin dude help me out with Convince I'm, me Marquise Goodwin remains on my league of record team because every single week I have wanted to drop him and pick somebody up and I can't do it. Yep. Yeah, and I, there's no reason I shouldn't drop him. I just can't do it. I know. <laughs> what I, should I,
1: I do? I will say, I will say, I think I think this should be your last week to to see what he can do because if, if he can't do it against the Bucks, I don't know who can. I mean, there's only two lead kind of wide out receivers who have not posted top 24 scoring weeks against the Bucs, and those have been Devin Funches and
0: Alan Robinson. Um, who are terrible. I mean, Robinson's okay, but Funches is garbage. Funches is garbage.
1: I think Mar- Marquise Goodwin has a, a great deal more talent than, than Funches, and Alan Robinson has been sort of borderline healthy. Um, I, I, think, I think this is Goodwin's last stand. I think if he tanks again this week, I think it's time to cut bait. Uh, I would keep him on your roster just one more week just to see what he can do. Deal,
0: fair enough. I like that a lot. Okay, cool. Um, as far as uh, the rest of the team, I don't know, man. I mean, am I missing anybody? Nick Mullins, Kittle. Uh, yeah, Nick I Mullins think- is a deep, a deep streamer. Kittle for sure, and Matt Breda for sure. Yep. Um, I mean, I agree. Anybody, I agree. anybody else there? Yeah. Oh, no, okay. I think
1: Mullins is a, is, a, is an interesting streamer against the Bucks. Pathetic D, uh, but yeah. After
0: that, not not a whole lot. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Uh, Let's move on to, uh, and and really quick, the reason I like him, Nick Mullins, sorry if if you guys are like, who the hell is Nick Mullins? Um, Basically, uh, again, we're 49er fans. I just happen to know a little bit more about the team. Personally, I like Nick Mullins, saw him in the preseason, yada, yada. Um, He's not amazing, but I think he's good. There's been only two teams this year who have not posted uh, QB1 for sure, but 20 plus fantasy points at the quarterback position against the Buccaneers, and that's Alex Smith, not surprising, and Nick Foles, early in the season before Wentz. Everybody else has posted 20-plus fantasy points at the quarterback position against the Buccaneers. I think Nick Mullins coming off a bye could certainly do the same. So if you're really deep, Jameis is gone, guys like, I don't know, Eli, you know, uh, uh, maybe Dalton, you know, guys guys like that that might be a better streaming option potentially, Nick Mullins would be up there for me as well. Let's move on to Philly. The Eagles take on the Giants. This one is interesting, man. I think the Giants – I'm going to take the Giants just because I'm excited. I actually think the Eagles will win the game overall. But I think the Giants, fantasy-wise, I could see Odell and Saquon and even Eli, as much as it pains me to say, could go insane in this game. I think the Eagles overall will do enough to win the game at home. But fantasy-wise – I think the Giants could go nuts, dude. This this secondary for the Eagles is really beat up. The run defense, which was tops in the league, got shredded by Ezekiel Elliott. Saquon Barkley can certainly do that. Odell Beckham only had two tar- or four targets last week, but he had 70-plus yards and a touchdown. Of course, he only needs a five-yard slant to make an 80-yard touchdown happen. Eli's looked better and motivated over the last couple of weeks. Um, Evan Ingram, I think, is a, is a, a, a nice start there. Sterling Shepard. Is not getting the volume I thought he was going to do. I was talking him up preseason. He's not getting the volume I thought he was going to. So I think he's really, really risky. But if you if you need to consider him or something like that, you have a bunch of Rams and Chiefs guys on by. Maybe consider uh, uh, Sterling Shepherd. I think this game will be a, kind of you know surprisingly a shootout. And um, uh, outside of that, I think that's that's the Giants team. But um, I could see the Giants really putting up some fantasy numbers here in this game. Yeah, I could say,
1: I, I'll say that pretty much the same thing about the Eagles. Cause I think this has a chance to be quite a shootout, but, um, I think, uh, personally, I think Carson Wentz is a great option this week. I think he's going to bounce back in a big way after how he it
0: was. <laughs>
1: yeah. he bet. I mean, obviously their season depends on it. Um, but he w- was a top five scoring quarterback for, the lineup, uh, for last week. Um, and I think, you know, the, the giants have a lot, a lot, a lot, allowed a lot of big passing games, uh, to quarterbacks. Um, so I think that they, I think he has a, a really big game. I think I say the same thing for Zach Ertz, who has been, had been the most stable weekly option at tight end prior to last week. Um, despite his down week, he's still destroying everybody else. So he's, he's obviously a, a elite option. All, I think all Sean Jeffrey, I think you could say a similar thing about him that you just said about Sterling Shepard. He hasn't received an, that many targets over the past few games, surprisingly. Um, and that volume has the lack of volume has kind of hurt him quite a bit, but, um, again, with a shootout game, potential shootout game like this and a weak passing defense in the New York giants, I think he kind of emerges as a solid option. Um, and I'll throw Josh Adams as another solid option uh, who has played a season high percent of uh, 55% of the snaps last week, he ran 16 pass routes, which is great in terms of giving him a relatively high floor. Uh, I think tempering expectations a little bit, he still hasn't had more than 10 touches in a game. Uh, and it's there's still a lot of other heads in that running game over there. But, uh, but I think he's definitely on the radar as potential running back two or flex play. Um, the player that I'm just down on right now, and this hurts me because I own him and was expecting that he would have a big role on the Eagles, but he just simply has not, is Golden Tate. Um, he, yeah. His usage did increase last week. He ran 27 routes as opposed to 15 in his first game, uh, but he's just ultimately hasn't been a usable option uh, with with both, um, you know, he hasn't, uh, those those targets came in a game, that he, the targets that he received last week came in a game where both. Ertz and Jeffrey weren't really used that much. I don't expect that that's going to go forward, uh, be the case going forward. And he hasn't had, Tate hasn't had more than 50 yards receiving in a game in either, in any team since week four. Um, so he's somebody that I am leaving uh, on the bench and just praying that something good happens, but uh, that he can return to relevance, but uh, definitely not putting him in lineups right now.
0: Yeah, totally agree, man. I think you, you hit the nail on the head with that, uh, that, that running back situation is uh Dirty. Sketchy. I don't know. Yep. I mean, Sketchy. okay, re- we'll, we'll get to the Ravens here in a little bit. If you had to have, for fantasy, you had to have one of the backfields. Let's throw in Seattle, too. You had to roll with, say, two of the players from one of those backfields. Which one would you choose? Uh, Seattle, Philadelphia, or Baltimore?
1: Uh, two of those players? If you had to, like, have two of them? Yeah, just say,
0: say you have the top dog, whoever you deem that guy to be, which is pretty random, and yeah. then you have their quote-unquote handcuff, whoever you deem that to be, which I think they're all up in the air. Each team has three, four options, man. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, that's
1: tough. Uh, I, I, you know, man, that's actually a really hard question. I think in terms of like kind of overall talent level, I think, I think Seattle is the highest because I think both Chris Carson and Mike Davis and even Rashad Penny now are talented and have been putting up good numbers when they've been running. Uh, But ultimately, you know, uh, anybody outside of Carson in that, and that team is, is a little sketchy uh, because of the way that the touches have been distributed. Um, I love Gus Edwards. We'll talk about him in a bit, but I'm down on pretty much everybody else in that running game. Uh, the Eagles, I think, is, is the worst of those situations right now. Um, just in general, it's going to be a pass-heavy offense. Um, and, and uh, I have, you know, there's just – Josh Adams is a, is a relative unknown. The other guys have been pretty ineffective. So, yeah, I'm kind of, in general, not very high on the Eagles situation.
0: I completely agree with everything you said, and I'm just going to pile on actually and say that the Eagles are the third in line for me as well, because you're right, it's a pass-heavy offense because the Eagles' defense is the worst of the three as well. Seattle and Baltimore's defense, in my opinion, are better than Philadelphia, so they're behind in the games all of a sudden, man. They are not running and gunning like they did last year, and these running backs are not built and created to be that kind of ground and pound, like Alex Collins, even, but Gus Edwards and Mike Davis and Chris Carson can be all of the Eagles guys are scat backs. So um, without Jay Ajayi there, who was kind of the same guy anyway, they just don't have a plotter. So sorry to derail there. I was just curious, man, because these these guys are, I get a lot of questions in the Instagram DMs about like what backfield do I pick up and deal with? And even so who of that backfield, do I take a risk on? And I'm kind of always just like, holy shit, dude! I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's so up in the air. So, okay, thanks for derailing there really quick. Let's move on to the Jets and the Patriots. Um, man, this is a start. Everybody for the Patriots. Don't start anybody for the Jets. Is there that's, anything else to add?
1: It's very simple. I think that's honestly it. Uh, the Jets have a putrid offense at this point. Um, even the the only guy that uh, parts of the season has been a, a reasonable starter Isaiah Crowell has been absolutely garbage over his last five games um and yeah. Elijah McGuire has all of a sudden become the best running back on that team and he's somebody that I think I think you can think about potentially throwing in as a flex uh in a, in a deep spot um he uh g- generally speaking ha- the Patriots have ha- have done a poor job of allowing pa- passing uh passing yards to running back. So this gives Maguire some appeal. Um, the other deep streamer I'll, I'll say in the in, on the uh, uh, Jets is Chris Herndon, who I like at the tight end spot. Again, tight end has been kind of a weak position in general. Um, and I think Herndon is pretty talented. He's led the Jets in receiving each of the past two games. Uh, the downside, of course, is that he hasn't had more than four catches in any game this season. So not a great option, but if you need uh, a kind of a streamer at the tight end position, if you have Kelsey, for example, and he's not playing this week, uh turned into somebody to consider. Other than that I'm staying away from everybody on the Jets and playing everybody on the Patriots.
0: Yeah, same way. I have nothing nothing to add. Um any concern so far the the and which, you know, again, we've been saying for the last three weeks on this podcast, they're gonna take it easy with Sony. They're gonna take it easy with Gronk. They're gonna wait till the bye. They're gonna come out guns a-blazing. I think the Jets are a perfect scrimmage for the Patriots at this point of the season to get everybody healthy. Everyone plays half of their snaps. Nobody gets hurt. Just, you know, win this game 17 to seven and get the hell out. Um, do you have any concern of Sony, Michelle or Rob Gronkowski or your boy, James white, assuming Sony is 100% and to throw another wrench in the system, which we're not going to talk about this three headed monster yet until it happens. But Rex Burkhead, who I think everybody's forgot about. Yeah will probably be eligible, if not this week, next week, and moving forward to the playoffs. Um, how confident are you in James White going forward? I know he's your boy. And Sony Michelle in general, and then Rob Gronkowski will move on.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I'm confident. I, to be honest, I'm confident in all three of those guys going forward. I think James White is at least re- to, to a reasonable extent immune from all these running back issues because his mm. role is just so defined um and and even i'm not saying he's going to be quite the same monster that he was particularly when michelle was out too but he's had at least five receptions seven straight games he leads the the entire position in targets uh receptions over Camara too receiving your yes i do believe he actually over Camara. believe it or not
0: wow wow that's surprising
1: um so uh um i i think he's he's relatively immune going forward i think michelle uh, is still going to be the lead dog going forward. He's been great. Uh, he got bottled up by the Titans uh, before the bye, but he was also probably still getting his legs back underneath him. Uh, this week will be a kind of a good test to see what he does against a pretty bad rushing defense in the Jets. Um, and, and Gronk, Gronk I, I do think he's he's obviously not the same guy we've seen over the last several not years. Gronk. <laughs> I mean, but he's still I mean he's still going to have his role he's still going to receive targets um he's still I think going to you know be on the field the overwhelming majority of of plays and run a lot of routes and stuff like that so I think especially in a weak position he's still trustable as a tight end one pretty much every week until further notice but I mean I ha- I own him and Jack Doyle in one of our leagues and I'm playing Doyle this week instead of Bronx. so that'll tell you the fact that I'm losing faith in him um Wow. But I'm not, you know, he's still somebody that I think you have to roster, and for the most part, you're deploying in most situations on most weeks.
0: Cool. Um, moving on to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think you nailed it on the head, man. I, I I was kind of waiting for something to say there and have a reaction, then I realized that you basically nailed it. So we'll see what happens with those running backs. Um, I don't. Nothing until until Burkhead actually comes back and plays to make sure he's healthy enough, but that could get that could get messy on a on a player by player basis with the Patriots, but it's going to be fun to have all three of those guys healthy on yeah. like an n f l standpoint because they haven't they've had James White and they've had Burkhead, but rarely at the same time, and they haven't had a Sony Michelle obviously him being a rookie, but they haven't had that type of a dynamic running back as well uh going into the playoffs. So man, if the Patriots can get right, they're just they're the Patriots and all of a sudden it's going to be December soon. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens there. Okay, let's move on here. We've got the Bengals and the Browns. Yikes. Um this one might actually be kind of quietly a a, a fantasy shootout as well. I'm going to take uh I'm going to take the Bengals um, unless you have a ton to say about them and really all I'm going to all I'm going to talk about is Joe Mixon and basically yeah. I've been hit up a lot in, in uh, the DMs. That's why I'm going to grab him real quick because I've had a lot of people asking me if they should play Joe Mixon or Mark Ingram, Joe Mixon, Dalvin cook, Joe Mixon. Uh, I don't know, you know, uh, Matt Breida type guys, James white. And what a month ago, it's Joe Mixon obviously said it and forget it. Right. In my cup, in my last couple leagues, dude, I have Joe Mixon in our league of record the last couple weeks. I benched Joe Mixon for carry on Johnson. And going, going into the week, Joe Mixon was ranked higher by everybody in the industry. Joe Mixon was, was, uh, you know, looking to produce much higher. He had a better matchup, all this shit. I had a really awkward, like gut feeling kind of a thing. And I played carry on Johnson two weeks in a row over Joe Mixon and carry on smashed. And Joe Mixon did not, um, so, A, think for yourself, question authority when you're doing these kind of things. Even our advice, take it with a grain of salt according to, you know, your gut feeling and your plan. But I guess I'm just throwing out, like, you're a Joe Mixon owner in the Listener League. And it's just like, without A.J. Green, dude, bad Andy is is imminent, first of all. He's just automatic bad Andy without A.J. Green. And Tyler Boyd is not good enough to be the number one. therefore, you can shut down Joe Mixon. I'm not excited about Joe Mixon against the Browns. If AJ Green sits, it looks like AJ Green is going to play. Therefore, Joe Mixon to set it and forget it if he does. But I guess I'm just saying temper your expectations on Joe Mixon. Uh, but he does have a really nice favorable schedule coming up. Um, but I, I guess I just wanted to voice that. I, I've been wanting to say yeah. it for a couple of weeks, but I also wanted to wait it out. And you're the other owner in our leagues. So I wanted to pitch this, throw it at you see see i guess how you how you feel about it for the rest of the Bengals, before i guess we derail too far if aj green plays obviously play him you play tyler boyd because you uh you know you have to if he's the number one and he's a quality number two he's better with aj green actually he's the number two and um at andy dalton i would play i guess as a streaming option at home against the browns but i'm not super excited about him especially without uh aj green so so much of the Bengals happen to. uh uh, you know, determine, uh, AJ a- a- green. So, um, what, what, uh, what say you on, on Joe Mixon? Am I, yeah. am I getting stressed out for no reason here or what?
1: I kind of, I, I kind of think you are. I think if you look at the, the last two games in which he hasn't put up good numbers, one was the game against the saints in which he got basically game scripted out because they got down by a gazillion points right away. And they had to just basically pass. Uh, and Andy Dalton was also atrocious. Um, and then the other game was against the Ravens who have an absolutely devastating run defense. And, uh, and I, I don't think anybody really expected Mixon to have that great of a game last week anyway. Um, sure. but I think, you know, this week home favorite against a Browns defense. That is 26th in the league in rushing yardage uh, 12 rushing touchdowns to the position. Only Tampa Bay has allowed more. Um, I, I think Mixon reemerges as, as an elite, fantasy option um, and I think he's going to turn some heads this week and you mentioned he does have a good schedule going forward so uh, my sense is that he returns to being incredibly you know I, I think he returns to RB1 status um, and doesn't look back I'm actually quite high on Mixon going forward if, wow. if you're in a league where you know the, the trade deadline you know, generally speaking has not happened yet uh, I think he's somebody to target as a potentially buy a low candidate for somebody who's freaking out about the same thing that you are um, because I think he could be a, a, a real fantasy asset down the stretch. That's my take.
0: Wow. Well, I'm really glad you you say that because I'm you kind of have to walk me off the edge a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Cause like <laughs> it just cause I mean, he's Joe Mixon, I know. I know what he's capable of. He's he's incredible, but uh the Bengals are just not as good as we thought they were gonna be. And AJ Green is such a deterrent. When AJ Green's not out there, they can pack the box. But you right. are right. The Saints and the Ravens have one of the you know the two best run defenses in the league, so you're, you're absolutely right there. Um, the Browns certainly do not, so we could see this being a get right game, especially at home so okay well if he, if he lets down this week though, I think we might have to have a different yes. conversation next yes. week but um right. but uh, but I can dig it okay cool why don't you uh, why don't you tackle the browns and we'll move on
1: sure yeah the browns uh Browns have some some solid fantasy performance this week. Nick Chubb all of a sudden is a beast um, now that he's yes, finally control of the backfield and the Bengals have gotten shredded by running backs themselves over the past several weeks. So, so he's somebody that I expect to also have a huge game uh, and is a solid RB1 Baker Mayfield, you betcha uh, definitely streaming him against the Bengals this week. Uh, the Bengals have been one of the worst teams in the league in terms of passing uh, yards allowed uh, and passing points fa- passing fantasy points allowed. So I think Baker is a great option. Uh, Jarvis Landry has been sort of weird. I mean, he has, he, he's, hasn't been averaging very many yards per game over his past seven games, but he manages a lot of points because of his target share. Um, and the Bengals again have been getting shredded, particularly by slot receivers actually, uh, this year. So I expect Landry to be, to be solid, uh, Duke Johnson, since Freddie Kitchens took over the play calling duties, he's been, uh, on the up and up, uh, and I think could have a big game here. The only play fantasy relevant player that I'm not loving against the Bengals is David Ajoku. Um, just because I think uh, he's had a a very low percent of Cleveland's target shares over the past four games since the coaching change. Um, And the Bengals weirdly enough have been getting shredded by wide receivers, but not by tight ends in the same way. Um, So, so I think that Njoku represents not a great option. Other than that, I think their offense is going to have a lot of good fantasy performance this week.
0: Totally. And just to, just to throw an extra attaboy to Nick Chubb four games ago, uh, or I guess in four games since um Carlos Hyde's trade to Jacksonville. Nick Chubb is averaging uh one hundred yards and a touchdown in each of those games. Um obvious obviously two weeks ago he he showed us his his game breaking ability. And I had said <laughs> I'd said preseason that one of my crazy calls was that Nick Chubb, who at the time was the deep third string rookie uh ahead of Carlos Hyde who got traded for blah blah blah, Duke Johnson back, you know, bounce back I said that Nick Chubb was going to lead the team in fantasy points. And uh, I'm pretty sure in the last four games, he's already eclipsed that. So Nick Chubb is the truth. The Bengals are the opposite of the truth on defense. And uh, I think Nick Chubb will have a huge game. So I, I totally agree with you. Um, and I also agree with, with Njoku, actually, uh, with, with everything else. So um, good game for Baker potentially here. Let's move on to the Panthers and the Seahawks. I don't think there's a lot of fantasy implications here, although I think this will be a great NFL football game.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'll go ahead and take the the, the Seahawks. Um, I think you know there are a number of players in this offense that you're firing up. It's just none of them have a ton of upside. I mean, Chris Carson has has the backfield is still his, and he's he had 17 touches last week uh, compared to eight for Rashad Penny and six for Mike Davis. So that I think makes him a solid RB two. He has been pretty solid when he's gotten a, a good share of touches and been healthy. Russell Wilson is hilarious uh, in the sense that. He has not so Russell Wilson has not finished lower than qB thirteen over his past six games, but has never been higher than q b number seven uh but that obviously puts him on the map as a as a consistent uh you know uh, high, relatively high floor quarterback that I think you can deploy. Doug Baldwin seems to be healthy. He's been playing better and better. He's a solid option. Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, uh, you have to know what you're getting with him. He's definitely touchdown dependent, but he does catch a lot of touchdowns. Um, so I think all these guys are, are interesting options. They just don't necessarily have a ton of, of high upside. Uh, but with the exception of Lockett, all have relatively high floors as well. So uh, that's kind of my take on the Seahawks for what it's worth.
0: Also the Panthers defense has been shredded by receivers the last couple of weeks, of course, the Steelers and the, and the Lions. So I, I like that call there Uh quick question for you. It looks like Nick Vanette and Ed Dixon trade every single week and have, you know, two catches for 13 yards, but one of them gets a tight end at such a weak position at the tight end. Would you consider one of these tight ends for the Seahawks? And if so, who? Oh
1: man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think if I had to pick one, it would be Nick Vanette. I think he's just – he generally has had a greater target share. I think Dixon has gotten in the end zone a little bit, but he generally has not been that active on the, in, as a part of their offense. I don't love either of them. I think there are better options just looking at listener league, for example, waiver wire. CJ Uzuma is uh, available. Cameron Bray is still available in that league, actually, which is interesting. Uh, and the aforementioned Chris Herndon I think are all better
0: options if you want to stream somebody. Got it. Okay, cool. Just curious about that. Um, yeah. For the Panthers side, uh, you know, Cam said it and forget it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, of course. Um, DJ Moore, who I think is the number one yeah. receiver in Carolina. The good thing about DJ Moore not being the number one receiver in Carolina is that they're still going to waste their best cornerback on Devin Funches, which I think is a mistake by potentially the next couple opponents for the, uh, the Panthers. Um, and DJ Moore will probably grab, uh, you know, second coverage and, uh, could potentially eat some people up. So I think he's a great option. Don't like Devin Funches at all. And yeah. Greg Olson, man. Um, he's Greg Olson. It's a tight end. You play him of course, but his upside is completely gone. <laughs> I mean, he, he catches a touchdown, which is all you need from a tight end. So that's good. But talk about, talk about consistency with no upside. He's kind of the Frank Gore of the tight end position, I guess. Right. Um, So anyway, we'll fire them up Uh, either one of these defenses you're, you're comfortable with. Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, Carolina's defense has just recently gotten shredded, but I just, I, I have to think that they're a fairly great deal better than what they've, what they've been playing at, at the level that they've been playing at. So I don't quite know what to think right now. I think that um, if I'm streaming one of them, it's Carolina. I, I think, you can find better options than either of those two teams. But Carolina still, I think, has the, the most defensive upside of the two teams.
0: Cool. I agree. Okay, let's move on to uh, – man. Um,
1: <laughs> this should be quick.
0: Yeah, I- I'm curious if there's any fantasy relevance in the next two games here, but let's just give it a shot. The Bills host the Jaguars. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh Fournette. You're playing Fournette. Uh, I think he's he, since returned to lineup. He leads the league in touches. I think he has a big day against the Bills. You know, again, the their rushing defense is is not as good as uh, their passing defense is phenomenal. The rushing defense is kind of so-so. So I think Fournette has has a, a big game. Other than that, I'm staying away from every single other player in this game. If you have something to say about any of the Bills, go ahead. But uh, but I, I don't even like Lashawn McCoy in this game. I think just in general that offense can be so dysfunctional. Um, that uh, you know, he's still, I think, in play as a potential flex option, but he's not somebody that I'm very excited about.
0: I completely agree. How do you feel about both of these defenses?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, that's a, a point. I think Jacksonville is one of the elite streaming defense options this year. This week, I think Buffalo uh, is
0: too. Man, on, I gotta be I think, honest.
1: I agree. I think Buffalo is is uh, you know farther down than Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville they showed last week what they can do defensively they still have some a lot of talent in that defense um and uh, and i think they are represent one of the best options this week um but uh yeah i'm not i'm not uh uh going near anybody on that offense but so in some sense by by default that means that the, both of those defenses are at least in play for streaming
0: totally agree fire up Fournette, bench mccoy play both defenses yep, pretty much Mo- moving on probably not probably not much to talk about here either the ravens host the raiders i'll let you kick this one off too okay i'll
1: take the i'll take the ravens i i i think mar Jackson is a splendid option this week personally um i think assuming he gets the call uh which it sounds like he likely will he was the he was the qb 13 last week without a touchdown which is pretty crazy actually if you think Dude, about he, it. he only
0: yeah he only threw 150 yards i know I supposedly he's
1: Going to throw more uh, this week. He's, he's playing against an atrocious defense in the Raiders. I think Lamar Jackson is a great option. Um, and uh, other than him, though, I'm not feeling pretty. I should say, let me mention Gus Edwards. Uh, uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier when we were talking about sketchy backfields. Um, this is one of those sketchy backfields, but I must say, I like Gus Edwards more than any of the other running backs that we've talked about in any of these sort of three or four headed uh, backfields. I think um, he showed a tremendous amount of uh talent last week uh and, I, and the Oakland uh the Raiders defense is is absolutely atrocious against opposing backfields allowing it a, a league high 131 yards rushing per game which is unbelievable um so so I think he represents the best of the options in that backfield in a good matchup uh I don't love any of the the Baltimore wide receivers though because we have no idea really what we're what we're dealing with in Lamar Jackson in terms of who his favorite targets are going to be. John Brown has taken a crap over the last several weeks that he's been out there. Michael Crabtree, kind of same deal. So uh, I'm staying away from all of their receivers until further notice. Willie Sneed might actually be the safest guy in the room right now, but,
0: uh, but they're all all, perfectly honest. Totally agree, man. Like, Oh man, just the tides have, have turned for the Ravens, really, man. Yeah, big time. You know, J- John Brown was a big early season pickup. Crabtree, everyone was stoked on him coming and being a position receiver. Alex Collins, of course, had a tons of hype in the preseason, us included, for sure. Right. Oh yeah, um, Holy shit. Okay, well, and the and the Ra- and the Ravens defense, of course. Um, yes. Okay, m- moving on to uh, uh, moving on to the Raiders. Um, they don't have any receivers. Uh, Derek Carr. I'm certainly not playing against the Ravens. Uh, I know that you've, you've done a very good job on creating content on this podcast for both of the Raiders running backs. And I, I applaud you for that <laughs> this week, this week, however, this week, however, against the Ravens defense, do not play Doug Martin or Jalen Richard. I just, I don't feel good about it. I think this could be a really ugly game for the Raiders overall that the, they're on the road. Baltimore's really good at home. Um, I don't know what to say, dude. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to find one one player on on the Raiders to to uh, Jared Jared Cook.
1: I would make a play for Jared Cook. I think um, just in general, I, I I tight ends have done reasonably well against uh, against the the Baltimore Ravens, and and again in a weak position. You know, he's probably the best offensive player on that roster right now, which is kind of sad, but is the truth. So. Uh yeah, Jared Cook I think about and Jalen Rashard I will say given his his the fact that he's going to be active probably in the passing game he has I think a higher floor than the other two guys on that backfield but I agree with you overall his 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 doesn't have much upside
0: uh this week. Okay, cool, fair enough. Let's move on to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Um.
1: I'll go ahead and take the chargers on this one. uh definitely obviously Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen are elite options at their position. Get them out there now. Uh, i think philip rivers uh has has ha- looked a little shakier over the last several weeks um, but
0: uh you know I, he, I had over, he had over four hundred yards last week
1: philip oh yeah, but in terms I guess I'm thinking in terms of touchdowns. He's thrown two touchdowns in six dirt games, and just in general I think, I think one of the one of the issues. Uh, is a volume concern going into this week. Arizona just generally doesn't have a lot of pass attempts against them because they're rushing defense. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. So that could potentially limit him a little bit. But, you know, he could throw, you know, two or three touchdowns right out of the gate and and just completely put Arizona away and get you your points for the day. So he's still in the in the, in the discussion, I think. Uh, I'm staying away from Tyrell Williams, who kind of had had his moment this year. Uh, for a time and had a few big games, but he's just ultimately just not getting enough receptions and targets. So I'm staying away from him at all costs. But, uh, and I'm, I'm I am kind of could say the same thing about Mike Williams, really. Um, but uh, definitely Gordon, definitely Allen, marginally Philip Rivers.
0: Thought really quick on Austin Eckler only in the chance that the chargers at home blow out the Cardinals and give Melvin Gordon somewhat of a, uh, of a break, which which oddly they don't do like right. when they're blowing teams out they still don't take out Gordon and 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 uh, Gurley doesn't really come out much for the for the Rams either um although Malcolm Brown is amazing too just just curious about that like yeah. I, you know obviously when we when we cover these games 90% of the players everybody's playing and it's automatic and we spend a lot of time on basically like bullshit analysis people don't need to hear but right a name like a name like austin eckler i think is a guy that everybody's kind of like like i don't want to play him because the volume's not there but he's really good and maybe this is a chance that he gets an opportunity like i don't really have a i i don't think i would start him i'm just yeah, curious no, to kind not. of gauge gauge your think, temperature on something like that i just
1: think that's too hard of a thing to bank on i mean i agree that he's talented um and i and i and you know he could you know in especially in the event of a block i have a there, but I just think that's that's too difficult of a thing to bank on in the in the NFL, uh quite frankly. So I wouldn't be starting him if it were me.
0: Okay, fair enough. And for the Cardinals, uh DJ, of course, um fitz uh Fitzgerald has been playing much better as well. Uh Christian Kirk I would even throw out there. Um, ricky seals jones man he's a he's a tricky one super talented uh really let i think a lot of people down i was super high on him last week and he threw out a dud game not sure what that was about um josh rosen i still don't think yet i don't think he's in the stream uh, streamer capabilities there um definitely not the cardinals defense although i would fire up the chargers defense here Yep. let's cool let's move on to the broncos and the steelers
1: Oof, man. Okay, I'll take the Broncos on this one. Um, I'm not in love with most of their fantasy options. I think Philip Lindsay, uh, as usual, has been leading the backfield in touches by quite a bit. Um, he turned it into 106 yards last week. Um, I think he's the man uh, to 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 be playing, and he's he's been phenomenal. He should have a, a solid game. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has not been a top 30 receiver since week seven, but he has had a stable floor. Um, he has double digit points in every game of the season except for one, I believe. Um, so he's somebody I think you could put in there as a solid option as well. Other than that, I'm I'm just not loving Royce Freeman right now. I mean, he got into the end zone last week, but ultimately he got just eight touches. So he has to get in the end zone to have any fantasy relevance right now whatsoever. Um, so I'm not, I, I still think Royce Freeman has a lot of talent, but, uh, he's just not getting the opportunity. So I'm avoiding him. Certainly avoiding case Keenum, case Keenum, um, uh, and Cortland's I, people, you know, everyone predicted a big target spike for Cortland Sutton after Demarius Thomas left, but he just has not had that. Um, and the Steelers do a really good job of defending the deep ball, which is where Sutton thrives. So I'm going nowhere near him this week either. I think he's certainly a hold. Uh, he could have a big role down the stretch, but he's a sketchy play this week. Um, finally, just a deep league tight end play. Jeff uh, Hyrman, right. I can never get Jeff, right.
0: Jeff, Hyerman. Jeff Hyerman. Uh, yep uh,
1: How did, do- a decent percent of the team's target last week he has ultimately just 20 yards uh so he still represents something of a touchdown or bust option but again at tight end uh you know you could do a lot worse so he's somebody to think about as a streamer
0: cool and and i haven't been shy of of, uh, of my uh my hashtag #man crush on Royce Freeman in general i still think he's going to be a beast overall in the nfl next year the year after like whatever he's very talented he's a beast i think he'll be fine but Philip Lindsay, nobody saw him coming. And I thought he was a flash in the pan the first couple of weeks. He is not. Dude, he's legit. He is legit. I watched that game last week with him against the Chargers, and he looked really good all the time. Plays with a lot of fire. Plays with a lot of passion. Um, he can catch the ball. He runs well between the tackles. He's fast. Uh, damn. <laughs> I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I think I still love – Royce Freeman but Phillip Lindsay is is legit so shouts to him um okay for the Steelers I mean you know another one of these teams where you just you play everybody um Big Ben you play he's on the road you know that narrative is is getting old at this point so I'm not going to go into all that but he's on the road and the Broncos defense isn't bad the pass rush is getting better Von Miller I think really motivated his boys a couple weeks ago they've looked a lot better um I ultimately, I think big Ben's going to be fine, but we saw last week against the Jags um, whose defense has been, you know, less uh, dominant than they were last year. uh, Big Ben threw three picks immediately. And if it wasn't for a broken play, 78 yard touchdown to Antonio Brown, and then basically, you know, with five seconds left, he dove into the end zone for another touchdown. Big Ben's numbers would not have been um, what they were. So, Little hesitant on him, but I don't see many streaming options that you would bench. Let's let's go through this really quickly. Um, streaming options or Big Ben? Uh, Jameis Winston or Big Ben?
1: Uh, Jameis Winston or Big Ben? I'm going to go ahead and take Jameis Winston on that one. I think. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. I guess there is. you go. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Andy Dalton versus the Browns. Uh,
1: I'll take I'll take Ben over Andy Dalton. I'll take I think I'll take Ben over pretty much any streaming option that's not Jameis Winston. That would be my okay. that would probably be my that would be my take. I would even consider taking him over Lamar Jackson, but it's close. Um, but uh but yeah, I just I like Jamez against against the Niners. That's really what it comes down to. But that is still a, a QB one, I think.
0: Okay, fair enough. A B, Juju, of course, uh Vance McDonald. You I think He's, you know, kind of touchdown dependent, of course, but we've seen his upside a few times the last couple of years. So you got to throw him out there. I certainly will be in the League of Record hoping for the best or Listener League, I believe, hoping for the best there. Um, James Conner got shut down last week against the Jags. Not super surprised. I think he'll bounce back this week against the Broncos. Um, He should be uh, he should be just fine there. And, um, you know, do you have any reason to start maybe the Pittsburgh defense against the Broncos? Do you think it'll be that lopsided? The Steelers' defense has been much better.
1: I hope, I hope that it's a good idea because I'm doing it uh, in our league of record. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do. I do think that, actually. I think their defense has been playing well. I think, uh, you know, Denver is, is, uh, Denver's offense is, is iffy, particularly on the passing side. Um, and, uh, I think, I think the Steelers have a, have a real chance to shut them down pretty effectively and, and particularly get some interceptions. Um, so, so yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing him out there. So hopefully it's a good year.
0: There you go. Fair enough. Let's move on to the last Sunday game. It's the Colts and the Dolphins.
1: Sure. I'll, I'll take the easy way out and take the Dolphins here. There's really nobody that exciting here. Uh, fantasy wise, I will say, I want to make in some sense, my last plug for Kenyon Drake. Only because I think give it game, to me this this game is better suited for him than Frank Gore is. Uh, I think he's he sure. he gets he gets, <laughs> he gets receptions, uh, which Frank Gore does not. Um, and given the potency of Indianapolis's offense, I think that can this game script game script is going to uh, favor Drake more than it's going to favor Frank Gore. That's just my take. Um, not to say that he's an amazing fantasy option generally, but I think it puts him in a possible flex spot to a degree that's greater than than gore uh the colts in particular have been one of the worst teams in the league in terms of getting receptions to backfields so uh that puts him on the map i'll say uh don't go anywhere near ryan tannehill i don't think i need to explain too much about that um frank Gore, based on what i just said i think uh you know he still doesn't have a rushing touchdown on season uh he is the definition of middle of the road and again i just think he's going to get game scripted out of this one so i don't think he's a great option. A name to keep an eye on is Danny Amendola, who's actually been quite useful for them uh, this year. He's been a wide receiver three or better in five straight games. Uh, I will say he popped up on the injury report today. Uh, He was limited by a hamstring injury. Um, So it's kind of too bad because this is, I think, a good matchup for him uh, to have a potentially interesting game as a flex play. Um, So if he plays, I think he's somebody that you consider throwing out there. But uh, just keep an eye on that situation.
0: Yep, fair enough. I agree. Uh, For the Colts, uh, Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton Automatic, Um, Marlon Mack. Here's another backfield that's not as ridiculous as the ones we talked about earlier, but this one's kind of weird too. Marlon Mack has been like real boom or real bust. Uh, I think you fire him up. The Dolphins have been atrocious against the run, so you can fire him up uh, against the Dolphins. But um, I'm actually streaming Naheem Hines as well in the Listener League this week uh, with on Johnson out. So um, I think you know he'll be able to do okay. Although he hasn't done much since Marlon Mack came back, Jordan Wilkins had a nice play uh, recently, but I'm I'm not really uh, looking for much uh, on him. Um, <laughs> who are you picking at the tight end position for the Colts? Uh, I'm going to go
1: ahead and go with Doyle. Um, I think I think just his target share ultimately just makes him the the perennial favorite over Ebron at this point. Ebron is is touchdown dependent um, I do think he's again I've said it over and over again the tight end position isn't exactly stacked so I do think he's somebody you consider throwing out there um, if you need a streamer um, uh, but he's he's still I think that's that's score he you know his target share is is continued to go down he's wasn't targeted at all last week he ran just eleven pass routes um, but his scoring upside I think keeps him in the game as a factor so uh, I He's not my best option. I think Doyle is the superior option by far. Uh, but he's not somebody I don't, that you give up yet, in my opinion. I don't think you drop him quite yet.
0: Okay, fair enough. I I agree there, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Ch- you know, Chester Rogers. Is there any other receiving option outside of T.Y. Hilton that you're excited about? I know you've kind of been the uh, been the the podcast um, ambassador for the Colts this season. Am I am I missing <laughs> anybody here?
1: Uh, no, I really don't think so. I think I think really uh, receiving wise, T.Y. and Doyle are really the only two options that are really exciting. Ebron as sort of a a, a deep league play. Uh, I do really like Marlon Mack this week. I think he's had a couple m- tough matchups the last two games and still dominated the team in touches. Uh, so I think he could do really well in a much
0: more favorable matchup this week. So am I hearing doubt in your voice from Mo Alley Cox? What's up?
1: Yeah, I'm not quite on the Mo Alley Cox train uh, just yet. Uh, we- we'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see how that plays out, but. Uh, he,
0: d- he does seem to have a touchdown every other week. So this would be it.
1: Right, just like the Giants win a World Series every other year. What happened with that, by the way?
0: <laughs> well, we've taken, we've taken a couple of years off. I think they'll get back to it here pretty soon. Ah, I see.
1: Okay, good to yeah.
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Let's move on here. We've got the uh, Sunday night football game. This one's going to be a doozy, man. I'm really, really looking forward to this. Uh, Thursday night slate, I'm stoked on. It's going to be the Saints and the Falcons. That'll be a great game. And then Sunday night will be a great game as well. Really stoked on that. The Vikings host the Packers. What are we doing here, man? This one's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, this will be interesting. Um, I, so I got to be – I'll take the Packers. And I'm, I'm feeling, you know, the two main skill players on that, on that offense right now in this game, Devontae Adams. I know he's going up probably against Xavier Rhodes, but he's been, he's had a crazy schedule against a lot of very difficult passing defenses, and he's still managed to shred most of them. So I just think he's, uh, he's just too, ta- he's too talented, quite frankly, and he has kind of a mind meld going on with, with Aaron Rogers uh, and they're just so connected. So uh, he's uh, represents a solid option. Always. Aaron Jones is the man over there. Uh, he is RB one. I think every week right now, he's uber talented. Um, I gotta be honest with you though. I'm concerned about Aaron Rodgers, man. I think, I mean, he's, he had his best se- game of the season last week. Um, but he's had just one 20 point game in seven full games against a Mike Zimmer led defense in Minnesota. Um, he, uh, back in week two, he had a really what rough week, QB 19 scoring week, although it's questionable how healthy he was. Uh, but even uh, even though he's far more healthy now, he's been higher than QB 12 just four times on the year. Um, and I, I don't know, for some reason, he, he strikes me as a little bit concerning this week. That doesn't mean you don't play him, but I think he's just, I, I'm not expecting a monstrous game from him uh, at this point. The other guy that I'm not really feeling on Green Bay is Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who's been all over the map in terms of his target share over the past few games. Um, he has big play upside. There's no doubt about it, but he just ha- doesn't have the catches. Um, he's had more than three catches in just two of his past six games. So in the same breath as I'm kind of concerned about my expectations for Aaron Rodgers, I will kind of make the same uh, sort of say the same thing about Valdez-Scantling. I think Devontae Adams is a little more immune to, to variances and, and passing success because he's just such a target, ha- target hog. Uh, but Scantling, Valdez-Scantling scares me a lot more.
0: So a couple questions before I get into the Vikings. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins this week?
1: Uh, Kirk Cousins. I'll say Cousins. Not, oh, okay. again,
0: not, not
1: for the season, but this week I'm saying Cousins.
0: Okay, and then uh, on on your your take on Valdez-Scanling, I don't disagree per se, although I do like him a little bit better than I had the last couple weeks because uh, Adams, although, again, I think – I mean, dude, honestly, I think Devontae Adams has elevated him to the elite status. Yes, He's not Antonio Brown. He's not Julio Jones. He's not Odell Beckham. He's not Michael Thomas, but he's the next guy. Does that make sense? I so so. I, I, I really believe that like Xavier Rhodes is a beast and they're going to have a hell of a matchup. I don't think uh, uh, Adams is going to go crazy by any means, although I don't think he's going to get, you know, Xavier Rhodes skunked either. Um, they're, but they're going to have a, a big matchup. I guess all of that is to say, I think that Valdez Scantling has been in a little bit of a slump. Aaron this is going to be a shootout in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers is going to look at him for a couple deep bombs. If he catches one of them and pulls a Tyreek Hill, his numbers are going to be inflated. I don't think he has more than maybe five receptions tops, but I could certainly see him going over 100 yards in this game. And I could see him quietly getting a touchdown or two as well, uh, getting out of the shadow of Xavier Rudd. So or Xavier Rudd. Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> so I, I uh, the tough I, shadow I to get do, out from. Yes, sir. So I I do agree with you that he's been slumping a little bit. However, he's still the second option. Even if Cobb, you know, comes back anytime soon, I'm not really worried about him anymore. Jimmy Graham is out, which I think is a big deal. Um, I mean, he may or may not play. I don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, and even if he does, I don't think he'd be very effective with a club on his hand. Um, so I, I don't disagree fully, but I could see some upside here without a scaling this week, uh, moving on to the Vikings. Um, Man, if I had to choose Cousins or Rodgers, I have Aaron Rodgers. I also have <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield against the Bungles or Aaron Rodgers versus the Vikings. Man, I might have to think about Baker Mayfield versus the Bengals over Rodgers. Uh, is that possible? I don't know
1: if I agree with that. I, I mean, I think, I, yeah, I, I I would have to go with, I think, Aaron Rodgers over Baker Mayfield, even though I know that's a nice matchup. But uh, I just think Rodgers is, is a significant degree more talented Than Baker Mayfield and has a lot more weapons. Um, So I think I I would have to go with Rogers in that one.
0: Cool. Fair enough. I think I would also agree that I would go cousins over Rogers um, in this particular game here with the Vikings being at home Uh, Thielen and digs automatic Dalvin cook, um, man, not really. I mean, you know, he played the bears, so I'm going to give him a pass last week, but outside of, outside of one getaway 70 yard jaunt, uh, he hasn't been very impressive, and and you know apparently he is fully healthy, so that's not the issue. Um, just kind of curious, what's up? This this could be it's certainly a get right game for him against the Packers. But um, you play Dalvin Cook, although I just don't think he's in that that uh, t- you know he's definitely not an RB one for me right now, and he's I don't even know that he's a high end RB two to be honest. Yeah, yeah,
1: I I I think I think he functions as an RB two option. I think he had a you know obviously like you said he had a tough draw last week um green bay has allowed a lot of points fantasy points to lead backs um so i think that dalvin cook does represent an interesting play he's definitely not in the rb1 conversation yet uh but he is i think in the rb2 conversation
0: okay fair enough and then kyle rudolph uh i mean again a tight end with any amount of of life you play if you have them if you don't have a better option but i'm not excited about kyle rudolph at all right he hasn't done anything um this season uh vikings defense would you fire them up against uh rogers at home
1: uh that's a tough play uh i i think maybe if you if you're sort of uh you know you're really uh there's none of the you know kind of better streaming options they've already been picked up in your league or something along those lines i don't know but to me they're not a great option i still think the, the the packers offense is capable of you know going on a tear um so i don't i don't necessarily love minnesota but you could do worse you could do worse too
0: okay i love the storylines in this game man of course uh last year the vikings um anthony barr you know throws down Rodgers, breaks his collarbone out for the rest of the season come back they have a doozy earlier this season back and forth the whole game they actually end up tying that game The Packers need to win this game to even up with the Vikings. Both teams are chasing the Bears, which neither one of them has been doing that for the handful of years. Uh, This is a really interesting game on Sunday Night Football, man. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a fun one for sure. Let's move on to the last fun. uh, (laughs) We're going to come out of a pretty exciting game on Sunday Night Football, too. Uh, I'll just say it's less exciting potentially on Monday Night Football.
1: And uh, that is the –
0: Exactly. Um, another, uh, divisional, divisional matchup here, but the uh, Houston Texans, uh, leading the division in the South face the, uh, Tennessee Titans.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll go ahead and take the, the, the more fantasy relevant of the two teams and that's the Houston Texans. Um, I I think, you know, you're fine. Obviously DeAndre Hopkins is a beast. He is in that, that top tier that you just mentioned. He is undoubtedly there. Uh, he is a, a target monster. Um, uh, I would say overall he's he's uh particularly a, a touchdown target uh for for Deshaun Watson consistently uh so he's definitely out there i think Kiki Kuti has shown that uh that he is actually probably the the second best wide receiver on that team um i think Demarius Thomas is nothing more than depth at this point for them Man, uh and that happened looked, fast that happened really fast it was very surprising um and ultimately, cootie has been a top 30 scorer in three of his four full games played this year. So he's, I think, all of a sudden become a very interesting option. And your boy, Lamar Miller, uh, who has quietly been a top 20 Love back. Love Lamar Miller. I know, he's your favorite, right? He's so talented. Uh, it's quietly been a top 20 back in three of his past four games, averaging 19 touch- touches per game over the past five weeks. Um, Houston, in general, has been taking the air out of the ball um, and 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 – you know, kind of pounding and, and, uh, kind of grounding and pounding. Uh, so I, I think Lamar Miller represents another, uh, unspectacular, but, you know, stable option. Um, Deshaun Washington's Deshaun Watson scares me a little bit, uh, on this one, I think, um, especially given the game script, I think, uh, with Blaine Gabbert starting, this is going to be sort of a ground and pound slugfest that Houston sort of controls rather than playing from behind. Um, and in general, he's been uh, quietly – Deshaun Watson has been quietly quite bad over his last stretch. He's been QB 22 or lower in three of his past five games. He's thrown the ball 25 times or fewer in each of those games. Um, and so, and, uh, you know, there was no way he was going to have the same level of touchdown efficiency that he did as, as a rookie. Um, so I'm not saying he's not a bankable option to, to keep on your teams and, and has better matchups ahead in terms of fantasy performance, but I'm not loving him this week.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I have a, I have high hopes for for Deshaun just because I love the guy and I think he's super talented. And that DeAndre Hopkins is uh, amazing. Um, and I guess yes, yeah, it's funny. I, I put him up and I put uh, uh, Devontae Adams as the next guy after the Big Four, but you know I think I have to retract that and say that DeAndre Hopkins is yeah. is probably that that you know fifth or six, but honestly, I mean, I think I, all six of those receivers can, can be a toss up there.
1: I think in terms of talent, Hopkins is, is on the same level as those other guys. I think he's just, he hasn't, you know, generally the, the Houston passing game hasn't had a ton of volume in it, which has kept his targets down compared to the likes of uh, Michael Thomas or, or Julia Jones. But I think in terms of just raw talent, I think he is up there
0: in my opinion. I, I totally agree. And what's crazy is I don't think because of the just, I mean, Deshaun Watson is a cut above the rest clearly, but the amount of of quarterbacks he's had in his career before Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson getting hurt last year and you know being kind of downgraded this year with with uh, with Will Fuller leaving and stuff, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins has hit his ceiling yet.
1: Yeah, that's maybe true. Dude, he's
0: an he's an animal, dude. He's an animal. Anyway, um so I I totally agree with uh, with the Houston Texans side for the Titans. Uh, doesn't look like Marcus is going to play in this game. Even if he does, I don't like him against the Texans front. Um, Blaine Gabbert certainly not an option there. Corey Davis, I think, is benchable in this game, which might be a hot take, I suppose. No, but I uh, he had a big game. Do you don't think so? I
1: think that I, I I agree, hundred percent. I think he's very benchable. Very wow. benchable.
0: Yeah. So he had a, he had a hot game against the uh, the Patriots a couple weeks ago, uh, which coincidentally he he beats up the Patriots. He got him in the playoffs too last year, which is odd, but. Um, I just I don't see it happening certainly not with Blaine Gabbard these running backs dude get the hell out of here yeah. <laughs> I mean Deion Lewis I'm holding out hope because he's a quote PPR running back um and I'm just I'm just rooting for the guy in general I've I've, I've kind of dug his career and is his uh gutting out through some really intense injuries over his career I kind of like the little guys um and he's a he's a beast but uh kind of a, a you know Darren Sproul's vibe but um man just not doing it uh Derrick Henry certainly has is I mean Derrick Henry is one year away from like borderline Eddie Lacy Trent Richardson territory is that is that that over the top no I
1: don't think that's over the top at all um I think uh he's just he doesn't have much going for him I mean he's just he's just a uh you know a big battering ram um who you know can occasionally kind of fall into some fantasy value via goal line touches, but, uh, but he's not, I just don't think he's that talented of a back to be perfectly honest.
0: Right. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't really like anybody. John Smith, I suppose the tight end position is a deep option potentially. Um, but, uh, I don't really like uh, the Titans defense, which has been okay. Of course they got shredded by luck last week. I do like Houston's defense in this game, uh, with them being at home, of course on Monday night football, but, uh, not much more from the Titans, man. I'm just not feeling it. I, I honestly don't know that I would look forward to starting anybody on the Titans.
1: No, nope, I, I don't think so. I think uh, kind of a, a swing on a kind of a deep league swing play is, is Johnny Smith um, who, who it's going to be tough to s- tell what's going to happen uh, assuming Gabbert plays, but he's uh, he's coming off a season high, eight targets, four of which did come from Gabbert. Uh, he's been quietly a uh, top 10 scorer in each of his past three games. Um, you know he's somebody that I'm liking right now a little bit um, I, I think he's trending up but he's still not somebody that I'm overly
0: thrilled about yep totally agree man all right last note here the two teams on a bye this week getting a nice rest after a wonderful game last Monday Night Football God. The, Can- the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams it we wish you all a very very happy thanksgiving safe travels uh, blessings and good luck with all of your in-laws that you only see once a year make sure to be nice to each other and uh, don't get on each other's back about certain eating preferences Um, that's my only (laughs) advice for thanksgiving family time i suppose (laughs) but enjoy your enjoy your thanksgiving make sure you immediately reach out to us about these thursday games and sunday of course dm us as always at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKpod on Instagram and email us at tckpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck in week 12. Two weeks left, guys. Two weeks left. Get it done. Uh, Guys and gals, we're on the home stretch here. So fire up your best rosters possible and get into those playoffs. Um, Good luck in week 12. Make it happen. For Daniel Sancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here.